This is Channel 253. In this episode of Crossing Division. If there are segments of the community that don't feel like we're their police department, then we failed, you know. So I think we're trying to look at so that people have the same feeling as we do that they have the best police department in the state and we need to do whatever we need to to make all those communities feel the same and want to actually be our champion. Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com slash membership to join. Thank you. Hi, this is Evelyn Lopez. Today on Crossing Division, we have a really interesting discussion topic. Uh, We're going to talk about Tacoma's project piece. Um, Many of you may have heard this project talked about. I know uh, the mayor, Victoria Woodards, is a strong supporter of this program, um, and we'd like to find out more. And I was lucky enough to be approached by Corwin Scott, who's one of the co-chairs of Project Peace, uh, and he has also invited along Captain Sean Stringer from the Tacoma Police Department. Um, Let me give you a little background on how I know Corwin. Uh, I know Corwin from a few years ago because he was involved in a in a really important project in Tacoma of helping people who had had their um, voting rights um, taken away because of their criminal convictions. He was helping them both get um, their rights back and also to help with their um, records. So uh, Corwin has always been someone who I turn to when I've got questions about what's going on in the community. And I'm delighted to have him here today. And Captain Stringer, I don't know if I've met you before, but I'm really glad to have you on today's show. So if you would like to each um, introduce yourself and talk about Project Peace and what it is, I'd really appreciate it. And Corwin, why don't we start with you? Tell me about a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in Project Peace and what Project Peace is. Okay. Well, thank you for having us. It is an honor. Uh, my, my name is Corwin Scott. I am a lifelong resident of the city of Tacoma. And um, I have been interested in the in the relationship between law enforcement and the community for some time. Uh, by being a by being a member of the community, I've also had some different um, interactions with law enforcement. So, like I said, it's something that is near and dear to me. Uh, I joined Project P in about spring of 2019. I was invited by a good friend of mine who was also executive team. Her name is Molly Baghdadi. And uh, I came on with the understanding that Project Peace was to build a bridge between the Tacoma Police Department and the community at large, which was something that I had always wanted to do because it was that I thought was important that people in the community could know the officers that were patrolling their streets that maybe could have a better understanding of each other and how we could work together. And if of a situation were to come up, we knew who to call. And um, that's actually, and that actually is what Project Peace was, um, how, well, why it was um, created by uh, then Councilwoman Victoria Woodards to address those issues if anything were to come up. So I was honored to be involved with the group and I've been enjoying it ever since. Great. And uh, Captain Stringer, how about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with Project Peace. 
Um, my name is Sean Stringer, and I currently serve as the community policing captain for the department, which means I'm kind of manage all of our outreach and uh, things we do with the community. Um, in 2015, um, Council Member Woodards, now Mayor Woodards, um, wanted to do more engagement with the police department and community. And a lot of that was based on some high profile police incidents around the country. At the time that coincided with President Obama's uh, 21st century policing um, commission that he had started, that had come up with six pillars uh, for policing around the country to look at and see, make improvements on the relationship with the community around those uh, pillars. So um, I think there were a series of six dialogues in 2015 with the community, about 800 uh, members of the community participated, um, just to talk about policing, police relations, um, understanding each other and seeing what we could do to kind of bridge that gap where there was one. Mm -hmm. In 2016, um, Project Peace really got off the ground with uh, the formation of the executive committee, which is a committee of citizens who would basically be the representatives of the community around Project Peace to the police department. And we've been meeting with them ever since. The original purpose, I think, was to kind of hold the police department accountable to the pillars around 21st century policing, as well as community expectations. But as things have gone on, um, that committee's also looked to do its own projects. And one of the biggest ones has been uh, working with high school kids and trying to kind of reach that next generation and have a uh, policing understand their perspective and see what we could do to bridge gaps, bridge gaps with that kind of next generation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, tell me how that's going. I mean, what, what would you say are, are now the goals of the program, understanding that it's shifted a little bit since 2015? Well, I don't, I think Corin might be able to answer that better because okay. um, while the police department is a part of uh, Project Peace. Um, the executive committee is the leadership of it. So it's our role to kind of support them and with their direction. So I don't want to get ahead of them, but I will okay. that I really liked what we were doing with youth engagement and with young people. I just think that that's really uh, important to have those relationships. So I hope we continue down that path, but I might give it to Cor Corwin as far as what's next. Okay, Corwin, tell me about that. Tell me sort of like, uh, what does the executive committee see as sort of the current needs and, and what is going on? Well, the current needs are still, there needs to be some type of a, a relationship between the community and law enforcement in the city of Tacoma. Um, like Captain Stringer said, that uh, Project Peace had been holding um, um, community conversations youth. Well, basically it was that, the Tacoma police were, were brought into high schools and different and other places as well. And though, and so the youth there were able to speak with law enforcement about their um, interactions and about their feelings and about things that have been going on um, throughout the country. It was a beautiful thing because you actually had folks who were actually there to, you know, you actually had um, police officers who were actually there to hear what somebody had to say. I think in a lot of times, folks feel like um, they are frustrated and angry and the powers that be don't listen to a word that they have to say. So by bringing the groups together, it was now an opportunity for folks to get things off of their chest, but also to 
give the officers um, a way for them to say how they feel in the communities as well and how that they also want to be a part of the community and how they just really want to do their job and keep everyone safe. So I think that was a really great thing. And I know that there was a, um, um, there was a report that was put out uh, back in 2019 uh, by then Chief Ramsdale. And it uh, talked about how many uh, times that they had met that that Tacoma Police Department had met with youth. And it was about 22 uh, um, uh, meetings in schools. And there were 18 meetings outside of school um, at various uh, at various youth events. So it was really a great collaboration. And it really gave folks a chance to see that these folks do wear badges and uniforms, but they are also humans. And they're here and they're here to help. So, I mean, you know really a great thing. As far as for the future, uh, the pandemic kind of put a hold on a few things that we had planned for uh, 2020, unfortunately. Some of the things that we are working for in the future, and actually possibly even this year, is to hold a summit uh, where we get uh, the entire um, community involved, including the parents and the grandparents and the uncles and aunts who may have grown up in the 70s and in the 80s and had experiences that they would also like to talk about as well. But more importantly, to bring together the two sides mm -hmm. and to talk about ways that we can move forward and do better together as a whole, since we're all here in the city and no one is going anywhere. Let's try to make some inroads so we can just be a better, healthier community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um do you think, and it's just kind of an overstatement, and I don't really expect you to speak for the entire black community or even for the Hilltop community, but um, do you think people in the community understood the goals of Project Peace or do you think that they, um, you know, sort of thought, well, that's great, but it doesn't really connect with what I need? You know, I think that that's a pretty fair statement. I think that but I think it really came down to a lot of folks didn't really know that there was even a group called Project Peace. Now, of mm -hmm. course, newspaper about Project Peace, but if you weren't really on the ground and you weren't really at those community uh, places and events, then who really knew who you were? Mm -hmm. And I, uh, for some folks, yeah, they were like, well, I don't really know what a Project Peace is or what you guys do. So how can you help me with a situation that, that I have? Mm -hmm. In a quick story, um, there was an incident in Tacoma where someone felt like they were where they were unfairly treated, and some of the folks from the executive um, committee were able to get in contact with uh, some of the folks at the Tacoma um, Police Department to bridge that gap. So they started a conversation, and from my understanding, the situation was resolved. Mm -hmm. So my goal to introduce myself to the community and say, if you do have a problem, let's see, let's go about the proper ways of uh, figuring out how we can get past this and we can get a resolution. Mm -hmm. That's something that I think that it was, that wasn't really happening before. Mm -hmm. So if someone was, uh, let's say, you know, either had a concern or was having uh, um, an issue with the police department and they thought, gee, you know, let me reach out to project priests, uh, piece and see if they can either be of some assistance or give me some advice or something. Um, how can people reach Project Peace? How do they, is there a, um, 
a website uh, yet or a, or a, an email or something? Or do, they, do you really sort of have to know who's in the program and then contact that person? Well, you know, you really have to know someone. I would love for there to be a phone number or something going on. But what I typically do is just give out my cell phone number. And if someone has mm-hmm. an issue, they will please call me and see what you can do. Now, if someone has a complaint that they want to make against the Tacoma um, um, Police Department, you know, of course, that the TPD has a formal way to do so. But not everyone is comfortable with that way. So if they would like to get in contact with me personally, I can help them walk them through that process or see if we can just have a, you know, sit down over a Pepsi and see what we can get worked out. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, and um, Captain Stringer, from your perspective, um, do, do you get um, people um, coming to you sort of either wanting to connect with Project Peace uh, or just sort of wanting um, to know how they can be more involved. I know you're out in the community pretty often. We do. Um, there's a lot of people that um, want to be more engaged. They they want to see change um, and they want to get information. So sometimes that's a challenge on how to provide that and that process because different areas of the community have different expectations and different ways to communicate and um, trying to reach people and sometimes busy people who are working and raising their families and they hear about things on the news and they want to understand more, but they don't necessarily have time to come to meetings. So mm-hmm. it is a challenge to uh, communicate in that way, but that's part of working with Project Peace is trying to figure out what the community wants for information and how we better can deliver that. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that it, for 2020, your plans were sort of put on hold. I think that everyone is in that situation, frankly. Um, but as people are getting um, vaccinated, and as things are start, starting to open up, uh, where do you see sort of some opportunities for Project Peace to come in and um, both, you know, get more publicity for itself and also maybe um, provide more assistance? Or well, start with that? Yes, well, you know, I was talking to a couple of the members of the executive committee the other day, and one of them was um, Armina Butler, and what we were discussing mm-hmm. that being more visible at some of these community functions and having a table there where folks mm-hmm. can come information about Project Peace and also we could tell them more about what the group does and if they have some kind of issue that they feel like um, they are just a bit uncomfortable with reporting it to law enforcement, well, maybe it's something that we can help you to do. So honestly, just being out in the community more, going to things like the Ethnic Fest in different places and just being visible where folks mm-hmm. can actually can see who the people are actually and make a connection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm hoping that our summer festivals will be held again this year. I haven't heard anything to the contrary. Um, there's also the, if assuming this uh, happens, the East side farmers market on Tuesday yeah. afternoons might be a good opportunity as well. Yes. Um, so, so let's talk about, um, you know, this last summer, and the protests uh, that were going on. And let's, we've got a couple of different things going on, but let's talk about, you know, right now it's uh, Friday, April 2nd. So we are in the midpoint of the uh, Derek Chauvin trial um, for the killing of George Floyd. Um, this is at any time more protests can break out. You know, this is an area where 
everyone is sort of waiting to see what happens next. But um, during the summer, during the Black Lives Matter uh, movement, was there a role for Project Peace? Um, I guess that is my question. Was there was there a role? Was Project Peace involved in any of those activities? You know, um, Project Peace has always been active. However, we were not actively out as a group um, participating in some of the protests. Now, mm-hmm. as individuals, we were. Um, mm-hmm. I, at um, some of the protests here in Tacoma and even some that they had out in Lakewood and even spoke at some of the rallies. Um, you know, the biggest thing for me was, is that uh, just going back to what um, the culture that Black Lives Matter started about trying to get change in the community. And of course, not through violence or through discourse, but talking to folks and saying, how can we uh, get the right folks in the place and the wrong folks out of those spots? And that's what I think that Project Peace has always tried to do was just work to help um, the community understand how we could work together, but then also as individuals, you know, and really speaking more for myself, working with folks that are running for certain offices or different things that are also looking to make change as well. And and also retaining folks who um, want to keep things like this going and who even have started projects like Project Peace, because these are the folks who are going to help to continue to make the change and to move the, the um, the uh, the needle forward instead of it going backwards. So um, I enjoyed my time on the street with folks because we were able to talk and we were able to talk about what changes that we wanted and things that we wanted to see. The sentiment from some folks was that we do need law enforcement. We definitely want a police officers on the street. We just want them to be held accountable if they do anything that goes outside of the law. But as far as, you know, anything crazy and more wacky, no, no, not really. Mm-hmm. Not okay with that. Mm-hmm. And Captain Stringer, what about you over the summer and the protests and Black Lives Matter? Did, did you think this was something that maybe Project Peace could have been involved with? Or did you think, you know, at this point, we just need to sort of ride it out and, and see where things go or something else entirely? No, I think absolutely there's a role for Project Peace. I mean, really, that's the purpose of it, is trying to bridge those gaps. And I don't think there was ever a bigger divide than this summer that I've seen in my career. And I think it was very important for us as a police department to recognize that, recognize the frustration, the hurt, the anger that a lot of the community felt towards the entire police uh, profession of policing. So um, I think we tried to be very thoughtful about how we responded to those and honestly realize that the people were protesting us and mm-hmm. trying to give them a safe space to do that um, so that they could come together. And also, I think there's some good that came out of it too, that people kind of formed some thoughts community-wide over, over generally what they wanted from uh, their police department, because we are just a reflection of the community. You know, the community makes the laws and the policies and procedures, and then our role is to carry those out. So I think there, I think some of the conversations through the city council and, you know, other elected leaders, they received um, feedback from the community, which has been translated to the police department. So that as we're looking at how we want to 
transform and address things with the community. I, I think I think good will come out of it, but I think it, it was a hard process for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and I guess I would say, let's say informally, maybe within the police department, is is that the message people are getting that there's obviously some issues here and we're going to need to work together to come up with a different way of approaching problems or or is the department feeling a little bit embattled and and resistant because i could see both quite easily happening i think um you probably get a little of both because you have a lot of people who really feel like they went into policing to uh, serve their community to do better and in their mind uh they go out every day and they feel like they risk their lives and their health and and um want to serve the community and and make it safer um but we have to step back and look at even when we're doing that are there things we're doing that might cause harm and we're just not aware of it so i think we're really trying to step back and look at how we do everything and see if there's a better way so and that'll have better outcomes for those officers who are even feeling frustrated because if they can feel like they're serving, but then they have better outcomes. I just think that's better for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, I have always sort of understood anecdotally that a lot of uh, the uh, police officers live outside of Tacoma. I don't know if that's actually true, but do you think they feel like this is their community? Cause I, 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 I think that if they don't, then that would be even harder. I, I have heard throughout my entire career, which in another month will be 31 years, um, a lot of pride around the Tacoma Police Department. I, I think that we have thought of ourselves as the best police department in the state. You know, I'm sure others mm-hmm. same way in their, their communities. But I think there's been a genuine feeling towards that, that we care about uh, our community, our police department, what it represents. And people do want it to have a value in the community. Um, so I, I, I think that there is pride, but we also recognize like through the summer that if there are segments of the community that don't feel like we're their police department, then we failed, you know. So um, I think we're trying to look at so that people have the same feeling as we do that they have the best police department in the state and we need to do whatever we need to to make all those communities feel the same and want to actually be our champions. I mean, that's really our and I would like to add on um, um, as well that even though that I only see law enforcement officers in my community when they're there, I know that some of them don't live there, but that still doesn't uh, mean that we can't have a great relationship because I feel like they are here every day and I see them and we interact at the grocery store or at the post office. And so I feel like they are part of the community because this is where they work and spend a good portion of their dollars where they're buying lunch and buying, you know, you know, you know um, other stuff as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good point, Corwin. And I'm thinking back, you know, when I was a kid, um, we were sort of taught, you know, if, if you need help, go find a police officer and you will get help. But do you think that um, do you think that people in the black community feel that way right now? Or do you think that's been uh, damaged and needs to be seriously rebuilt? Well, you know, I think it's um, kind of a case by case basis, because you have some folks who um you know, if they have any kind of issue, they always go to law enforcement because they don't know anything else. And then you also have folks who have really great and positive, you know, um, you know, interactions with law enforcement. Not everything has been uh, has been negative. There. You know, 
as a matter of fact, there's been a lot of positive. Uh, on the other side, you know, you always have folks who, you know, who, you know, who have been wronged or they feel like they have been wrong. So, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of, you know, uh, you know, a, it's, it is a situational thing. Mm-hmm. I, now I could tell a few stories about some officers that weren't very pleasant, but then I got pulled over by an officer last year and we started to talk about my car, how fast it probably was going, stuff like that. When we left, had a great time. So, you know, I think it's just, you know, it's just kind of a case by case thing. Yeah. Well, and Corwin, you're a really big guy. I mean, do you feel that sometimes you're being looked at as, uh oh, this guy could be dangerous or or do you not feel that way? Well, you know, I had an incident that happened uh, and I actually had to talk with two um, officers, um, Tacoma police officers. And when they arrived, they were both, you know, kind of stand off each other, you know what I mean? And because they were trying to figure out what actually happened. At the end of it all, me and the officer, we were holding each other's arms and whatnot and laughing and talking. So, you know, I think that it has to be both sides have to work on um, trying to emotionally disarm the other side. So if I stand with my chest poked out, you know, and I seem aggressive, that might be an issue. Or if the officer does the same thing, that might be an issue. So, you know, I just sat back and we talked and I told him the story, you know, and at the end of it, you know, hey, we all, we all walked away and we all laughed, you know. So I think that that's how, how it has to be. The, because, yes, my size can be intimidating to some people. Um, so I always keep that in mind when I'm honestly interacting with anyone, mm-hmm. not law enforcement, you know, just people in general. Yeah. So you've actually kind of developed really strong de-escalation skills just to get through your life, I would think. And job interviews and, you know, and I pass some, somebody by in the store. <laughs> Just life in general, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kevin Stringer, I, I do have some Black friends who feel that they would not feel safe calling the police because they would worry that based on some of the incidents we've seen, especially across the country, that the police might come in and assume that even though they're the homeowner, they could also they could be the one who was um, creating the problem because they're black. Is that something? I assume that's something that the police department is working on with training. But I think that reflects kind of like some of our deepest biases that we grow up with. How how do you work? How do you work on that in the police department? You know that sort of developing the skills to sort of set aside whatever instincts you have and and really stay calm. Well, um, we're, we do a lot of vetting before we hire someone and then they go to a six month academy Then they go, um, through four different training officers and then they have another, um, uh, eight months of probation on top of that. And then we have uh, a lot of ongoing training. And over the last few years, a lot of it's been around, um, relationships in the community, how to engage people differently. We've had a lot of training around procedural justice, which I didn't really understand until we first got it. But now that I understand it, I'm a huge proponent of it. And basically it's just that every person who you encounter should have the same outcome, regardless of race, ethnic background, background, gender, age, anything else, they should have the same outcome, no matter who they are. Um, and that's something we're really, you know, kind of, we, we were preaching every day to the officers. There is though, I mean, you do have to recognize, especially within the African-American community, there is a lot of distrust uh, around policing in general. 
And I think the only way to fix that is some of what Corwin said is just one contact at a time as we show that we're there to serve, to be respectful, um, to do our part. And um, I think I think that's the only way that you can do it is through relationship and finding ways that people encounter police and have positive experiences, then they can talk about those. Because right now, I, I think right now it is a, uh, a challenge, I think, for, for everyone. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's take a short break here. And when we come back, we'll talk more about some of the current um, difficult issues that Tacoma is facing and how Project Peace may be able to help with that. This is Doug Mackey, producer at Channel 253 and proud Alaska Airlines frequent flyer. What are you excited about in 2021? For me, it's travel. Doesn't that sound amazing right now? I spent most of 2020 looking at the same four walls in my studio, so I'm more excited than ever to get out and see the world. I want to sit in a coffee shop in some new city and read a book, or visit a museum, or visit archaeological sites like Tikal in Mexico. Ugh, it feels so good to think of these things. I know there's a lot to get through before some of that will happen. But where last year it was hard to think more than a week in advance, I have the confidence to actually start planning some vacations now. And that's where Alaska Airlines comes in. I'm not going to the travel sites. I go directly to alaskaair.com and book my travel because I want great customer service and direct flights to my favorite destinations. I also trust Alaska to keep me safe during travel right now. Their standards for social distancing and reduced touch travel are incredibly high. So if you're excited as I am about getting out to see the country, or you have to travel for essential work right now, start with Alaska. Do what I do and skip the travel sites and visit alaskaair.com to book your next flight. Thank you, Alaska Airlines, for taking me where I want to go in 2021, and thank you for your support of Channel 253. back. Uh, we are talking today with uh, Corwin Scott, co-chair of Project Peace, and Captain Sean Stringer with the Tacoma Police Department. Look, before we start back into our conversation, I want to make a quick request that you consider becoming a Channel 253 member. It is uh, very inexpensive. It is $4 a month or $40 a year. You have access to all of our podcasts, although in fact, you would have access to most of them anyway. There's a couple of member perks. One of them is the Off the Record podcast that our producer, Doug Mackey, um, curates, which is always an interesting little chat with uh, various people around the community and with our podcast hosts. Another is the Channel 253 member Slack channel, where there's all kinds of discussion about current events and uh, local goings on in Tacoma. So I urge you to join us. All right, let's get back into it. So we've talked a little bit about um, the Black Lives Matter movement this summer. Corwin, you've mentioned that you were at a number of the protests as an individual, but the project piece wasn't really out in any official capacity. Um, but let's look forward. So we've got two issues that are, I would say, the the huge, you know, 800-pound gorilla uh, policing issues in Tacoma. One is the death of Manny Ellis, and in that, uh, which occurred in March of... Um, 2020, I believe. And um, there is currently an investigation continuing at the Attorney General's office. Um, and I'll provide a disclaimer here. I am uh, an attorney at the Attorney General's office, but I am not involved in any way with their, uh, with a criminal uh, division or uh, involved in any way with this investigation. 
Um, so that is ongoing. We thought we would have a decision from the attorney general's office uh, with any um, decision on charging issues or um, other commentary. We thought we'd have it about now, but the uh, attorney general's office just announced earlier this week that it would be another, I think, four to six weeks. So we're probably looking at uh, a late May uh, before we see a decision on the Manny Ellis investigation. We also have an investigation into a, a TPD officer who drove over some bystanders at a, treat, at a street racing um, um, incident of, of uh, exhibition of speed type incident in January. And uh, I think a lot of people in the community are waiting to see what comes out of those. And so I guess my questions are twofold. One is, let's go back a little bit and talk about um, should should Project Peace have considered being a little bit more out in the community, either at the protests or in some of the uh, city council meetings that were held, held afterwards to discuss these issues? Corwin, I'll start with you. What do you think? Should Project, it's kind of rewriting history, but you know, should Project Peace have sort of pushed itself a little bit more forward uh, during these events? You know, I'll say, well, uh, first, I want to start off by saying that I give condolences to the family of Manny Ellis. Um, and then I also want to add that, yes, I, um, I do believe that the executive committee that we could have done more to support the Ellis family, but also the community as a whole. I think that there was an opportunity for us to, you know, to to reach out to them as far as the executive um, committee goes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Different than the uh, police department. But so, yeah, we dropped the ball on that one. As far as the work since that time, I think that still trying to reach out to the community to come to some kind of an understanding that we're all on the same side. Now, some folks have different ways to go about healing and moving forward, but the fact is we have to heal and we have to move forward. Now, it's harder for some who, um, who may have suffered a loss, but I think that we have to move forward. As far as for um, the incident that happened downtown on the coma back in January, I actually came on the scene afterwards. Mm -hmm. and when the crowds were still there and I urged and got quite a few people to go home. And there were some other folks who I don't think were there because I saw plates from other areas um, in Carson that they appeared to be from other areas who were just really, I think they were coming in more to agitate than to do anything else. But you know, like I said, I'm from, I'm Tacoma and my goal is to keep the city in as much peace and as intact as I can do. Mm -hmm. Talking to some of the folks, they expressed their frustrations about what had happened, but they also understood there was nothing that could be done there at that particular time. So some folks have decided to take their fight elsewhere, which is, you know, which is, you know, either in courts or somewhere else. But um, still trying to have those, con you know, those conversations with folks who were affected by what happened downtown and to talk to them about, OK, what can we do to make sure that this something like this never happens again? Those are the conversations that I want to have. And as far as the city council goes, yes, we should have been more involved with, um, I think, giving more up-to-date thoughts about what Project Peace wanted to do and then bring that to the council. Now, I will say that I have been in um, uh, communication with the mayor quite a few times about um, 
about um, about different things. And she has been um, committed to keeping Project Peace moving in the right direction and for us to continue to build the bridge between law enforcement and the community. Good. Um, Captain Stringer, kind of same thing for you. You know, was was there a role for Project Peace to play in that? And and I think particularly looking forward, um, when these decisions come out, both on Manny Ellis and on, you know, whatever happens with the uh, officer involved in the in the driving incident, uh, there's going to be a community response. Um, so can Project Peace start thinking proactively of how it wants to be involved in, and assist with that? Yeah, I would say absolutely. Um, but I'd like to kind of go back to where I started was that uh, yeah. the Project Peace Executive Committee is independent and we don't influence what they decide to do or what uh, issues they take up. But I will say anything we can do to uh, engage with the community and to, um, tr there is a lot of emotion and a lot of, um, a lot of concern around these issues. And um, like I said, we wanna make sure everybody can be heard, but we also wanna make sure that there aren't, uh, you know, other incidents of, you know, uh, violence or damage that spin off out of it. So trying to find that safe space for people to do that, um, to, you know, be heard, uh, as well as making sure that the community stays safe. Sometimes that's a challenge for us to, to navigate, but Project Peace and the Executive Committee is uh, one more way that we want to engage with to, to listen to the community and what they expect and how they want us to respond, I guess. Mm -hmm. If I could add on, honestly, I think that it would be a perfect um, opportunity for Project Peace when some of these, um, when some of the, the when some of the verdicts and the and the, the decisions are down, that project pieces there hold on community forums so people can come out and discuss their frustrations and what they want to do going forward instead of taking it to the streets for obstructive acts. You know, like mm -hmm. let's let's try to see what we can come up together. Let's go to the council meetings up together and let's go talk to the mayor about it. But let's be as peaceful as possible, but actually create change, actually, you know, get something done. And so I think that Project Peace could uh, could definitely help in that role. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I know I went to a, um, I think it was during the, the Ferguson riots that um, then Mayor Strickland and Chief Ramsdale had a walk from the county, city county building um, to the Shiloh Baptist Church and then a program. And it was a very powerful experience to be able to listen to people um, both, um, you know, share their concerns and share their experiences with police in Tacoma. And I, and I think, you know, it can kind of be a, it can be overused so that it's not meaningful. You know, it can be sort of just another opportunity to talk, but if something comes of it, um, that can be a powerful opportunity to build relationships and, and maybe make some changes. Um, let me ask you this. So if you, if you could look into the future, let's say six months to a year from now, Corwin, what would you like to see Project Peace doing? What would you like to see it expanding into, or even if it's just taking back up 
um, the role in, in the schools. What, what would you hope for Project Peace? Reconciliation. That's really what I think is on the agenda for anyone to. Um, Project Peace um, is working with the agency and the city of Tacoma to work on a reconciliation act, if you will, where folks are able to tell their stories and they're able to be heard and then action be taken after that. Now, what action is going to be taken after that? I'm not sure. I'm not, you know, that could, could come in the way of some new policy. Something I don't know. I can speak for the council or the mayor. But I think for 2021, 2022 is really to get more of the community involved. The youth dialogues were awesome. Um, but they focus, you know, um, you know, they focus on the youth in school. We need to reach the rest of the community that are also hurting. And also different communities that may not have been, you know, represented at those um, community meetings with the youth. So that's the goal. Uh, and also to really just connect as many people as possible to the officers who are in the area possible. Let them know. These folks are here and they're going to stay here. So how can we work together? And but also to let the officers know that these folks are the ones that you are here to uh, to um, to uh, protect. So let's try to build a relationship together. Because I have to. I'm be honest with you, right? Even from some of the mis, well, even from some of the unfortunate um, like uh, incidents that I've had with law enforcement. Uh, I don't want to live next door to the killer or to the rapist or to the drug dealer. And when I have a problem, I want to feel comfortable with calling law enforcement. No, I appreciate the job that they do. And I also understand that they have a harder job than most people do. And so whenever I see and see an officer, I always try to nod and say hello. But then actually, I, actually, I do that to everybody. But uh-huh. don't I must stand off is when I see law enforcement. I think that we is that people in the community should feel the same way. Um, and if something happens to come up, then we can address it then. Okay, that's good. Um, Captain Stringer, what would you like to see Project Peace uh, both take up again and, and move forward into? Well, I think I just echo what uh, Corwin said. I think there's, for me, kind of two things. The first one is we handle over 90,000 calls for service a year. Um, that's 90,000. That's And there's probably a lot more than that. That's just the recorded uh, to uh, South Sound. Um, but that's 90,000 chances to have good interactions and um, show that we are there for the community. And even, even if it's negative circumstances, that at least we treat people respectfully and professionally um, and have the best outcomes possible. So I think we're looking at transformation, how that can happen with our training, with um, our perspective, our policies and procedures. So getting feedback from uh, the Peace Project is very important to that so that um, their perspective and from the community can factor into all that. Um, The second part for me is probably where my passion is a little more is um, the the department, I think, really does need to reflect the community. I think, like I said, I've been doing community policing a long time, and probably one of the biggest things I get from youth is uh, you're talking to me about what you do, but I don't see anybody who looks like me. And I think that's powerful, you know, to areas of the community. And right now, um, probably the population 
African-American population of the city is around 11%, somewhere around there. Uh, and we have about 3% African-American officers. And um, it isn't that we don't want to hire African-American officers. It's just that uh, a lot of people in the African-American community, I think, don't see this as a pathway to them. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of passionate about our youth stuff is explaining this is a way to make a difference in your community. And here's the opportunities. And here's um, a way that you can reflect your community. Um, in the end, it's still people's individual choices, you know, what they want to do with their lives, obviously. But I want people to see this as a pathway for them and um, that they would be welcome and supported if they did decide to join our organization. So for me, that's that's where I'd really like us to get with that youth community that people see this as some place that they could be. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I think it, it it's not a cure all, you know, to to change the demographics of the department, but it it's definitely important, um, both in terms of you know making the community feel like you really are part of the community and also bringing in different life experiences mm -hmm. into the, into the workplace so that colleagues can talk to each other and say, Hey, you know, this is what happens to me. Or, you know, when you do that, you don't understand how people are seeing it. Um, so yeah, agree. very important, very important. Well, uh, final thoughts, Corwin, anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to add regarding project project piece? Well, you know, uh, well, I know that we are always are looking for new folks to join the executive uh, committee, and um, we, we would like more. Uh, we would like more folks who have uh, other ideas and different backgrounds and different ways of how we can move the needle forward. So, if anyone is interested, please feel free to contact me. My name is Corwin Scott. You can find me on Facebook, uh, maybe on Instagram, but definitely on Facebook. Thank you. All right, that sounds good. And Captain Stringer, any final thoughts from you? I would just say that if people do have concerns or things they would like to see more out of their police department, contact that uh, Peace Project Executive Committee and uh, let them be your voice because we do listen to them. We meet monthly and we take what they say seriously and we will incorporate that into what we're doing with the community. All right. Okay. Well, I will, uh, I will look forward to seeing how things go and I look forward to seeing a more obvious presence of Project Peace um, you know, to help with these um, relationships in the community. I think that's definitely a good, a good thing to try for. All right. Thank you both so much. I really appreciate you coming on Crossing Division. Um, and you go on and have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. And you as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Did you know Channel 253 is member-supported? I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com slash membership and join. Thank you. Crossing Division is part of the Channel 253 Podcast Network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, We Art Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounder's B-Team, Citizen Tacoma, What Say You, and Gimme the Mic. This is Channel 253.